Hello, warriors, and welcome back to the arena. It's your host, Christabel, and this is the Surviving the Arena podcast, a show where I share with you the lessons I have learned along my journey of self-discovery. The goal of this podcast is to share my experiences in order to help you overcome the things that are holding you back and achieve the future you have always been dreaming of. From the power of your mindset to authentic self-awareness and self-love, together we'll develop the tools we need to survive the arena. Hello warriors and welcome back to the arena. Jumping right on in, I have been binging anti-MLM videos on YouTube for far longer than I care to admit. For anyone who doesn't know, MLM stands for multi-level marketing, and depending on who you speak to, they are pretty much pyramid schemes. Now, I'm not here to get into any of that, nor do I want to start a discussion with anyone about whether or not MLMs are scams, but they do play a tiny role in where this week's topic came from. While watching these videos, I couldn't help but wonder how people get pulled into selling for these companies. The more videos I watched, I realized that there were some definite patterns that appeared. One of them was this use of self-help, motivational speak type of thing that has become really popular as of late. Listening to pro MLMers talk, it made me kind of cringe because many of the sentiments they tote are things that I believe in and agree with. For example, I do believe that mindset plays a huge role in success, and in life, risks do need to be taken sometimes for us to get out of our comfort zones and achieve our goals. But hearing people use these kinds of statements to pull people into selling for companies like Monet and Beachbody, it really bugged me. It got me wondering if the things that I share here, the lessons and the phrasing that I use, I wanted to know if it was harming any of you or myself in any way. These companies, and even beyond MLMs, I've heard just regular people who have something that they want to sell speak like this. They use motivational style speaking and personal development tools to convince people to do things they otherwise wouldn't. And I just kind of wanted to reflect on that in a way. In particular this week, I wanted to talk about the topic of support. What I saw in these videos I've been binging was a lot of MLM recruiters and the people who train them emphasizing this idea that if people don't support you in your life by buying products from you or by joining your team, then those people shouldn't be in your life. And it got me thinking about how true or untrue that sentiment really was. If the people in your life don't support something that you are doing, does that mean they are bad people? that they don't care about you, or that they shouldn't be in your life? Personally, I don't think so. In my opinion, and from what I've experienced in life, this kind of thinking can lead to a very lonely existence. Last week on the podcast, I spoke with Canadian bobsleigh pilot Cynthia. If you missed that episode, definitely make sure to check it out after you finish listening to this one. While we were chatting about the topic of support circles, she had mentioned that the people around you, those who are important to you, will not always support every single thing that you choose to do or every decision you choose to make. Now, in these MLM videos I've been watching, the recruiters will say things like, if your family doesn't support your business, then they don't support you. Or they will tell their recruit that the people who don't support them are just haters and that they don't matter. 
Now, I will admit, for a good portion of my life, I agreed with this line of thinking. I believed that if people truly loved you and were there for you, then they would stand by you and support you through everything. Today, after many years, I know now that that is not true. When I chatted with Cynthia, she had said that you don't want a bunch of yes-men in your support circle. In other words, your support circle should consist of people who, yes, love you and are there for you, but you also want those same people to be the kind that will hold you accountable and help you see things from a different perspective that you maybe aren't aware of. For the people who join MLMs, oftentimes they will say that their friends and families don't support them because they think the whole thing is a scam and a waste of money. These friends and family members are right 99% of the time, but what I have come to realize is that sometimes, when we make mistakes, we don't want to be told that we have made a mistake. We may realize that we have gone down the wrong path, but we don't know how to get back on track. And hearing people, especially the people that we love, tell us that we have made the wrong choice, it just makes us feel worse about our mistake. But isn't that what we want from them? Don't we want the honesty? Don't we want them to put us in check when we need it the most? After all, don't we trust these very people to have our best interests at heart? I think that when you have built a strong circle, you have to trust that you have built a strong circle. You need to trust yourself and have faith that the people you have chosen to surround yourself with are the best of the best. Sometimes, we need to reevaluate our circles, yes, but for the most part, I think many of us have at least a few people we can truly say have our best interests at heart, and we need to remember that always but especially when those people are choosing not to support our decisions. When I was in the third year of my undergraduate degree, I was having a very tough time. The stress was getting to me big time, and eventually I cracked. On a trip home to visit my family, I completely broke down. I remember sitting on the couch with both of my parents and just crying hysterically. I wanted it all to be over. I didn't want to be in school anymore, and. Honestly, I think I just felt lost. I was seriously entertaining the idea of dropping out of university. I remember talking to my parents through the tears and just trying to express everything that I was feeling. They each reacted in completely different ways. My dad got upset. He was visibly angry for a few reasons, I'm sure, but I remember him telling me to drop out, which surprised me. He always wanted us to finish whatever we started, so hearing him tell me to drop out definitely threw me off guard. It made me think twice, thrice even, about the idea of doing so. And then there was my mom. She was supportive, but quiet, about her own thoughts on the matter. I think she wanted to be there for me, but didn't know yet what to say. Truthfully, I think she just knew that I was needing a chance to emotion dump, and she was giving me space for that. Post-complete breakdown, I gave some serious thought to the idea of dropping out in my third year. I only had one more year left, but that did not seem to matter as much at that time. I remember taking the next few days to think everything over and to try and make a decision before I had to go back to Waterloo. When I was in university, and prior to that as well, I was really into fashion. I still am today, but it was much more of a passion back then. I always dressed up, and you couldn't catch me dead in sweats. 
So when I was considering dropping out, I was also thinking about what the next step would be if I did go through with it, and fashion or design school came up as a thought. I distinctly remember printing out a pile of blank design templates and drawing for hours. When I had what I thought were enough designs, I went to my mom to show them to her. She didn't react poorly to anything, but it definitely wasn't the reaction I had expected to receive. I anticipated so much more excitement and enthusiasm than I got. I do remember being a little upset with her, I'll be honest, and I think it's just because I had expected unwavering support, despite not entirely understanding what support really meant. I guess I just wanted her to be as excited as I was in the moment. Needless to say, I didn't end up dropping out, and I never considered fashion or design school ever again. The idea didn't die because I didn't have the full support of my mom or others around me. It died because it was never a real desire or goal of mine. It was simply me having a hard time with the path I really did want to take and trying to find any way off of it. The point of this story is for me to share that sometimes lack of support can be a good thing. I don't know if it was my mom's intention, but her lack of excitement made me think twice about what I was pursuing. It made me sit down and reevaluate my why. I needed to remember who I wanted to be and what I really wanted to do. And when I did do that, fashion was nowhere in sight. In that moment of desperation, I didn't need yes men or women. I needed to be questioned. I needed someone to make me really think and ask myself what my goals were and what I needed to do to accomplish everything that I wanted. I needed someone to give me a bit of a reality check to show me a mirror and help me realize that I was going through a hard time, but the answer wasn't giving up. It was taking a breather and lightening my emotional load at the time. And the same thing goes, however, for when you do really want to do something and you don't get the support or excitement you anticipated. Warriors, not everyone is going to understand your passion. Not everyone is going to be as enthusiastic about something that you are doing. Not everyone is going to be able to see your vision. While in that story I just told, I ended up not following through with what I thought was a goal at the time, there are significantly more moments in my life where I have followed through with things that I wanted to do, despite not having the support for it. One example, taking time off after I graduated from undergrad before going to graduate school. This decision was not supported by many people in my life, particularly my dad and there was even less support when I voiced what I wanted to do during the time off. I took about eight months off between undergrad and grad school. During those months, I worked, but I also traveled. It was during this time that I backpacked through Southeast Asia for two months, and that I built my first habitat home in Nicaragua. If you have ever spoken to me about it, you will know just how much that first build changed my life. So, If I had waited for the support of people like my dad, people who wanted me to wait until I was retired, be financially stable, or whatever other excuses they came up with, I never would have seen the world from the unique perspective that I have. I really hope you do see the difference here. Lack of support can really test your determination. It tests you and makes you really think about whether or not you truly want to go through with something and exactly how much something means to you. Fashion didn't matter to me. Finishing my degree did. Going to grad school immediately after finishing undergrad, it didn't matter to me. 
traveling and taking time away did. If I had followed that line of thinking, that anyone who doesn't support you shouldn't be in your life, I would be alone today. The people in my life at this moment, the ones who really know me, who I trust with my life, they don't agree with me to keep the peace. They don't let me take uncalculated risks or harm myself in any way. They challenge me and put me in check when I need it the most, but they are also the first ones to offer a shoulder to cry on and a joke to cheer me up. The people in my circle offer real support. So, what is real support? If it's not simply feigning excitement for every decision you make or supporting every endeavor, then what is it? Literal definition aside, I think support is a mix of things. It is more than just being there in the good times and the bad. It's about being there for everything in between as well. I think support is loving people no matter what. No matter if you agree with their decision or not, it means there is always love. Sometimes support means being there after someone falls, and not saying, I told you so. But support also means being honest. It means voicing when you think someone is making a mistake, but also understanding that it is their mistake to make should they choose to follow through with it. Support is wanting the best for the person, keeping their best interests at heart, and being there in whatever capacity you can along the way. It's more than saying yes to anything and everything they do. Support is wanting those you love to succeed and to be happy. It's being there for the successes, but also being there to help someone recognize the lesson in every failure. And support goes both ways. For all the people that are there for you, you should be there for them too. It means recognizing when their honesty, as much as you may not want to hear it in the moment, is exactly what you need to hear. It means trusting them and trusting that they are looking out for you, not trying to hold you back or harm you. I'll admit, when I wrote down this topic as an episode idea, it was going to go a completely different way. I thought I would talk about moving forward without support, and going after what you want regardless of having support or not, but things changed. I took a very good look at my life, and I saw many times where I let go of people who were simply trying to tell me the truth, and they ended up being right. No doubt, I also saw many times where I succeeded when people thought I wouldn't, but even in those moments, for every one naysayer, there were ten people telling me to go for it. I think what I have learned from life about this topic is that support shows up in many different ways, and it changes. Our circles grow and shrink as we evolve and as our needs and expectations change. What I want all of you to take away from this episode, however, is that you shouldn't write people off just because they aren't supporting you in the way that you expected or wanted them to. Think twice about their intentions if they are warning you against taking a particular step, and in other cases, recognize when someone is doing all that they possibly can to show up for you. Honestly, I feel like these days we are becoming too quick to cut people out of our lives. Yes, in some cases it's warranted, but in many others, it isn't. With this conversation, I just want to encourage all of you warriors to think deeply before removing someone from your life or circle. Sometimes support doesn't come initially, but it will appear later, and in other times, the lack of support is an important signal to reevaluate the choices we are making. That is all that I have for this week's episode, warriors. I truly hope you enjoyed it, 
And I thank all of you for tuning in and being a huge part of my support system. Have a great week, warriors, and I will see you all next time. Thank you, warriors, for tuning in to episode 5. Remember to tune in every Friday for brand new episodes. Don't forget to follow the podcast on Instagram at Surviving the Arena and Twitter at Survive the Arena. I am also on Facebook, so make sure to follow and recommend the podcast Facebook page, which you can find by searching Surviving the Arena Podcast in the Facebook search bar. If you are enjoying Surviving the Arena, please share it with your friends and leave me a rating and some feedback. Thank you again for listening, and I will see you next time.